Hey, Caleb, how's it going? Great, how are you? Yeah, doing well, man. Your audio is really great and clear. Fantastic, and we can see you fine. Can you tell the viewers a little bit about yourself before we begin? Uh, my name is Caleb Bench. Um, my history is uh, United States Marines for six years as an M1A1 tank crewman. Uh, I'm current law enforcement, and I'm doing, obviously, security on Skinwalker Ranch. And I've been involved here for about five years. Uh, I'm originally from southeast Idaho, grew up as a farm kid, um, went to college, studied uh, history, mythology, things like that. So it's, it's kind of interesting how everything's tied together. Could you explain what Skinwalker Ranch is and what it's about? Oh, if you can answer that question, you're a millionaire. Um, <laughs> so Skinwalker Ranch, we've got a lot of history. We've got a lot of things going on with it. Um, we So obviously there's a lot of stories from Native Americans and, and that there's a curse on the on the ranch and a lot of stories of, say, skinwalkers or what other people would call werewolves, that, that type of story going on and... Uh, we also have a lot of stories of UFO type activity. Uh, we do have a lot of people claiming that they have seen things like a portal open and a, a craft coming out of it, specifically in the Mesa where the ranch is located. We have a lot of people in the area that have experienced these types of stories and they're very hesitant to talk about it. Uh, but it's, you know, there's so much there. It's really, <laughs> we could talk about this for hours and still just brush the the the, the, the like one percent of it so everything from werewolves to ufos if i'm hearing correctly and yeah. portals yes H holy shit what how did this come to your attention so actually i did not know that ranch even existed until i got a phone call from thomas winterton the superintendent of the ranch and he asking me to help with security and this my first day on the ranch was Halloween 2017. <laughs> <laughs> so I was out here watching the property and getting all these stories of people, you know, from a massive canine kind of creature attacking cattle and being shot and being unaffected by uh, rounds from high caliber rifles to stories of people going comatose and having these medical episodes where they they can't communicate, they can't move, all these stories. And I'd never heard of this place before. I've, I, you know, I grew up watching Star Wars, Star Trek. I've always been a sci-fi fantasy kind of guy, you know, like Lord of the Rings, Warhammer, things like that. So I've always been open to potential, you know, mythologies and things like that. Um, and so, you know, and within my first experience on the ranch where I actually physically had something happen was within six months and it wasn't like a real major thing. It, it was kind of small. It just made me go, what the crap? Uh, kind of surprised me a little bit, but I, I did have some very big experiences happen within a year. Um, and and I, I can say that I've witnessed injuries. I've, I, I've been, uh, I had a strange eye injury myself. And, and a lot of this is actually on um, our, our website where we're trying to point people to, we're, we're getting a lot of information out. We're uh, trying to show that, you know, we're, we're here observing, we're, we're here interacting with something. Could you take us through then what happened to you from the six month incident to the one year later incident? Um, so the, the, my injury, uh, I got to think about how all this, the, cause I've had a lot happen and I, I want to make sure the timeline's right. So the first big thing that I had happen, I was by what's called Homestead two. Uh, and we have a lot of activity here. If, if people are familiar with the, the series and that's on history channel, we, we've done a lot of experiments here. We we've we've had things that we've caught on thermals. We we've done a lot of experiments here and we've caught things live on camera that are very interesting. Um, so my first experience, I was at home set to, I had two guests that I was out there with and it was about one thirty at night and we had, um, a light up here over homestead too. And, and it was really strange because the whole area lit up green and, there is 
dead of night. There was not a lot of weather, if I remember right. And it was almost like an illumination flare that we shoot off in the military where it lights everything up. But with those flares, you have flickering. You have, you know, you, it's floating in the air and you can tell that it's rotating. You, you can do all this stuff. This, this light was constant. And, and this whole area was just green. There was no shadows. There was no um, deviation in the color. It was just this constant green. And this light's coming down. And I and I turn around and I see it going in between these trees that surround Homestead 2, or at least I think that's where it was. It could have been further back between the mesa and the trees. But this light goes in and it just disappears from sight. Um, that was the first big experience that made me go, what the crap? Uh, and, you know, and I was thinking, was that potentially, say, a firework or, or something? But the the behavior, the, the things that the circumstances surrounding it, I, there was no sound. There was no anything that led me to believe that it was something that someone had set off. Um, and then fast forward a little bit and we have a team coming out to do some testing Uh because we, we, you know, we have these stories of individuals being hurt from radiation and, and which uh, Dr. Travis Taylor has had that happen and was caught live. We, we've experienced that. People have received injuries of that nature. Um, and, and, it's, and so we have this team come out to do all this testing before this even happened with Dr. Tr uh, Taylor. And I was, uh, again, over by Homestead 2 on top of the Mesa. We have an area over, there's a little hole up there or a cave up on top. And we've had a lot of things happen there, uh, specifically physical reactions. And it was a clear day, uh, mon uh, Monday or Tuesday afternoon. And my eye went dry real quick. And I thought I got dust or something in it for a second, but I had my sunglasses on. I had a hat. Uh, again, I don't remember wind. I don't remember anything that really would have led to that. And two days later, I felt like my eye was being ripped out of my head. And there's actually, and we got a really good photo of this on the website, uh, Skinwalker Ranch, uh, skinwalker-ranch.com. And I go through this experience and you can see the damage in the eye and it's a perfect fan formation. And the eye doctor described it as there were these ripples across the surface of my eye. And they, and they were uh, centered in the uh, middle of my eye and then expanding outward. Like someone threw a pedal in some water and you see the ripples. Um, and I just had all, I've had all these experiences. Many of us on the team have had strange encounters or, or witnessed things. Um, probably the most crazy thing I've seen was uh, Travis and I were, and the rest of the team, we, it was Tuesday night. We were barbecuing, kind of decompressing from, from the day. And I started hearing something behind me, this, the sound like uh, electric popping or, or something. And I felt like I was being watched and I get up and I, I feel like that sense, um, that sixth sense from being that you kind of grow as, as a law enforcement military, you know, that like something's off and you're just feeling easy. And, and I get up and Travis is behind me and I actually have my weapon drawn at this point and I have a very bright light on it. And I walk around this trailer that we, that this abandoned trailer that's out here and it's just outside the command center here. And we get to this uh, about 30 feet, 20 to 30 feet from where the, there's this road uh, that goes over the canal that goes across the property. And Travis actually sees it before me because I'm focused on where my, uh, the point of my pistol is make sure I'm not flagging anything or, you know, but I, and Travis freaks out and goes, <laughs> excuse the language. He's like, Holy shit. Holy, what the fuck is that? And I, I swing over and, and, and this is where the best way to describe this is I, I've responded to very intense situations, um, uh, active fire or active shots, fired uh, murder cases, things of that nature. And, and you get these adrenaline dumps and everything slows down and, and your, your bot, your mind starts eliminating things that aren't important. And what I see is this, <laughs> this, rec this rectangular object and it's like shimmering. It's has this very strange visual effect. And Travis and I are both seeing this and I, and across on the surface of this, it was like, there was this 
paneling, if you will. And, and you can see my light come across it, uh, a reflection of it, and then also this bright orb that comes across the surface of it. And, and as I'm watching this, I realize that's my gun light reflecting back at me. And I, and I distinctly remember seeing two shadow figures in there and, and going, and, and it took my mind, like, what is that? Are, are those two other people? But then I realized that's Travis and I's reflection. And, and this is at 10 o'clock at night. It's dark out here. It was very, it was a really nice night. There was no wind. There was no weather. Um, and this object just disappears. Like there was no sound. It just vanishes in front of us. Uh, and the the reason I'm very confident in actually even telling this story is because Travis was standing there next to me. Um, and we went taken off after this. There was no sign. There was no tracks. There was no nothing. And, and so I, I've, I've literally seen things out here. I, I can't explain. I don't know what that was. And, and it's, you know, that's probably the craziest thing I've seen, but that's just the tip of the iceberg. Oh my God, man, this is mind blowing. I mean, you come across someone who, you know, can handle yourself in any situation when it got to this kind of level of esoteric activity did mm -hmm. you start to shit yourself <laughs> um maybe <laughs> a <little bit. laughs> um it, it, it's just one of those things like I, I, i've i i grew up uh in in the lds culture i i was never really active a lot of my family um is, is was active in in the church and things like that so i've always but i never was really in it until uh, I had some uh, other experiences, uh, especially after my dad died. Uh, I was, that was 10 years ago. I was 24. He was 45, passed away of cancer. That really hit me. Um, I, I didn't have a good relationship with him. And so that kind of started me down on this road of uh, more discovery, I guess, of myself and what I really believed. And, and it's just been a really interesting road, but I've always been open to say a higher power. And, and I've always, and, you know, and growing up, with the influences, you know, again, Star Wars, things like that. I've always thought it'd be cool, you know, aliens, things like that. And I've always been open to that or extraterrestrials, whatever you want to call them. Um, or, and uh, the, and different dimensions. I, I, I don't know how that all ties together, but I've, the personal experiences I've had show me that I do think there is something going on here that we don't understand. Uh, and I, it, it's it's a journey. It's really exciting seeing all this stuff happen in real time. Uh, I don't have. I wish I had better answers for some for some of this stuff. But um, you know, we've we have uh, this hitchhiker effect that we talk about, and multiple. I think everyone on the team has experienced something with this. Um, the most recent for me was uh, actually just a couple weeks ago, and I. I after talking and having some retrospection, there was a lot of things going on with everybody on the team at this point, but I didn't know any of this. So I wake up about one o'clock in the morning, midnight, one o'clock from a dead sleep. And I'm shaking from terror. Uh, I just remember having this dream that's, or, or having this feeling that someone was inside the hallway looking in at either myself and my wife or, or my kids and, and that they were there to kill me. And, and, I, again, I've responded to some crazy active calls and, and I've fought with people. I, I've, you know, I, I've done a lot, I had a lot of experiences in my law enforcement and, and career. I've never felt anything like this before. And, and I know Travis and Eric uh, have ex both ex told us stories where they've woken up from a dead sleep, having felt that level where they felt like they were in fear for their life and, and something was there to harm them at that level. And I experienced that myself just a couple of weeks ago. And, and that's, I've, my wife and I both have multiple stories of things happening at our house off the ranch and then things happening here on the ranch that we can't, that just make you go, what the heck? And you know, there's a lot of those types of experiences are like circumstantial kind of things. And, but when you have a thousand of those happen, you, you just, <laughs> you start losing your mind. Well, that leads to my next question then. If Travis hadn't experienced these things, would you, looking back, have thought you had lost your mind? <laughs> yeah. It, and, and that's what's, I think, really interesting is we're getting multiple people 
seeing these this type of activity. Uh, you know, uh, just this week we've had two pretty interesting things happen, uh, and we have this live feed on the the website that we're we're able to interact with people because we we're, we we want to be an open book with this. We we want to get this out there, and and we get a lot of questions of is this real? You know, there's the the television show and everything you're seeing on television show in regards to the experiments and and the, these crazy things that we're seeing. That's all real. Um, obviously they have, you know, this formula that they're using with the music and, and different things like that, but everything you're seeing that we're showing you is as far as I can tell real, I've, I'm, I'm there. I'm a part of these experiments. I'm seeing these things happen real time. So we've had tons of questions come in. We've only got 10 minutes left, so we'll try and get through mm -hmm. these. So the first one then is. Hi, Caleb. Has there been any collaboration between your team and Bigelow's CIA team? That's from Easy E. Um, so we, the only interaction that I really know uh, that's been pretty positive, I guess, with the, it, Bigelow seems very hard to get them to talk about anything. Um, and I, I've never heard of a Bigelow CIA team. I, I know that Bigelow's team out here, Bass and, and some other programs have been out here and we have had interactions with some of their scientists and things. Um, but I've, no, we've, I've, that's pretty foreign to me that there was even a CIA team that Bigelow was a part of. Ray J has asked regarding the phenomenon from the ranch following you home. Is that a long way from Skinwalker ranch? Oh, uh, it's about a uh, 15, 20 minute drive. So uh, I want to say it's seven to 10 miles away as the crow flies. All right. So here's another question. There's UFO tip up whilst they're filming. How does that feel? Whose are the non-registered helicopters that are watching your team? Um, so we've had military helicopters. We know they're military helicopters. They're coming from a direction that there's no military assets from that direction we know the range of these helicopters and, and they're coming from directions that they shouldn't be coming from so and we've actually shown that we've we've got video of it i i've have video of these on my phone and, and things like that and we we are catching things on our our flight radar that we're watching of of craft that are um they they raise questions of why they're there and I, and you know, I wish I had better answers for some of that. So Donna Bell wants to know if you feel that an entity could have possibly attached itself to you. Um, I've, I've heard this kind of, uh, idea before. Um, and I'm, I'm open to it. Uh, I do believe that, uh, I've had spiritual experiences here and off the ranch again, like I've, I, I'm open to things like that and, and those types of discussions. And that, and that's one of those things is I, I, used uh what i believe to be um spirit, spiritual protection and things like that and and it has helped um I'm, i feel confident in saying that and, and I do, oh sorry ray j's asked are you aware of the blind frog ranch near skinwalker ranch where there are mega magnetic anomalies um i'm aware of blind frog ranch yes they're not really connected to us uh in any way that i'm aware of and i i i, I haven't really followed too much of what's going on with them it, it's i'm just so focused i guess with what we're doing over here I, I do know that and can say that our area the uinta basin where the ranch is centrally located um does have a lot of things happen uh i've had experiences as law enforcement where i've responded to and other officers that i know have responded to unexplainable things and i've i've had stories from uh bia officers uh deputies uh, uh telling me their experiences because they they won't open up to other people and i get that because law enforcement your word is your job um i testified in a murder trial a couple months ago and so, and our testimony is again, our job. And so these, a lot of these, your law enforcement guys, when they're, they're hesitant to talk about experiences because of what that could potentially do to their job. Who built the ranch and for what purpose? 
So we know that the earliest settlers, if you will, were early 1900s and they built it just to farm to just normal people coming out here trying to make a life. Um, uh, we, and that's Homestead three. Uh, that's the furthest buildings on the property to the West of us. And then the, the second oldest is Homestead two. I believe that was built in the forties or fifties sometime in there. And again, it was, uh, the, one of the roads that the main road that comes through the ranch here was the main thoroughfare actually, where people just drive down the road here and, Homestead 2 was actually being built as a homestead uh, and farm uh, and as a, as a store. And so it was just people coming out here just trying to make a life. Do you know about the history of land before the settlement? For example, could it be some kind of burial site there? Uh, there has been that talk, and I, I've heard that there's potentially a burial site up on the Mesa somewhere near to where the ranch is. I, uh, I'm familiar with um, – there was – uh, the conflict between the Ute tribe and the Navajo tribe for the Uinta Basin area. From my understanding, the Ute tribe allied with the U.S. Army to push the Navajo out, and they were then rewarded with the, the basin as their reservation. Um, and so I know that I've, I've looked into a lot of the history in the area. Uh, there was an area out here that was a big boom town because <laughs> it's kind of funny. There was no jurisdiction for like one square mile and this town popped up because everything went, everything went, you had your, your saloons, your whorehouses, all that stuff. And everybody would go there. The, the, the soldiers, the, the settlers, everybody would go there because there was no, there was no law and order in that one section. It was kind of funny, but there, there's been a lot of settler history. We've, we've got uh, stories of mines. Uh, the Spanish were up in this area mining they uh i've been told that there's uh by by members of the tribe that they were enslaved by the spanish and they actually had to overthrow the spanish and, and there's a lot of gold mines up in this area and there and there's a lot of history here in regards to like the american west and uh prior to anything like this uh to my knowledge uh so you know we could potentially have stories that have come down to us through hundreds of years of of uh oral history. Ray J has asked, is there any evidence the basin is a meteor impact site? Um, I, I think we, that's one of the theories that we have talked about a lot. And I want to say that there, there is some evidence that supports that. Um, I want to say that we've found some material on the ranch that would tend to lean towards that. Um, and they and they've got we've gotten some re, uh, results back from tests showing potentially a meteor did uh, land in the basin, and I don't know if it would be what caused it, because we do have a very interesting uh, uh, geography here. Uh, the Uinta Mountains north of the ranch are the only mountains in the continental U.S. that move east to west. Everything else is oriented uh, south north the Rockies essentially. So we, we do have some very interesting geography here. Fred wants to know, are crops affected? Uh, so this area isn't really a big farming area for say cash crops, grain, potatoes, or, you know, food, food crops. Uh, it's mostly cattle, uh, cattle grazing, things like that. There is uh, crops of hay or crops of like corn to feed the cattle. Um, but I, so I would say the, we have cases where cattle are affected. Obviously we, we have questions about mutilations all the time. Um, I've, again, as law enforcement, I've, I've had other officers inform me of cases that they've taken, um, and they've documented and myself, I've not responded to an active mutilation case. I have responded to other strange calls where people are uh, reporting like an orb and they think it's a drone in their, in their uh, yard and it's following them as they're walking through their house and they have this light shining through their, their windows and, and other officers have responded to these same types of calls. And, and, you know, so we we're ex having all these experiences that people are reporting, but then, you know, law enforcement, we're there to give answers. We're there because someone 
needs help and and they look to us to provide some kind of answer and and you know we want people to feel safe in their homes we want to serve the and 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 you know protect people and so we have you know you try to come up with an explanation that makes sense and and i think that's when anybody sees something strange you go okay what the heck did i just see and and we try to explain it away and i'm and i get that i i i you know that's one of those things that i you know and I think that's what's really cool is we have a team out here that's willing to uh, ask questions and be open to other explanations. And and I think that's what we're, you know, we're really excited about that is we're, we're just trying to present what we're seeing and trying to make sense of it all. And, and again, I, I'm just really ec- ecstatic to just even be a part of the, the experience and, and the journey, if you will. What are some of the weirdest conspiracy theories surrounding the ranch? <laughs> oh, uh, probably that there's a alien base ten miles underneath the ranch, and that and that they're just sticking with us. Um, <laughs> we or that there's a government facility underneath the ranch. Um, it, it's funny. There, one of the one theory is that the ba- the the Skinwalker Ranch is guarded by all these Marines out here, and I'm like, yeah, I, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm right, I'm here. But like active duty Marines and stuff, no. Uh, we have any any crazy theory like that you could think of, people connect it to the ranch and, and that the government's running black programs and which I guess I'm not seeing any of that out here. I've, you know, or um, and, and things of that nature. What about maintaining your duties there? I mean, have you had to rethought your occupation? Are your family pressuring you to get the hell out of there um so tom actually i think gave one of the best answers for this the ranch is like the mafia once you're in it you're you're, you can't get out (laughs) um we you have these experiences and like i said we we have these experiences that happen at our house and and there's no rhyme or reason to it and we we've talked to people um who have visited to the ranch and they'll never come back here because of something that happened and um, it's it also kind of one of those things where I don't, I'm not going to name names or anything like that because of their privacy and things like that. But I can tell you that there have been people who have been connected to the ranch that have experienced things at their home, thousands of miles away on the East coast. And, and these guys are top level scientists. These are top level individuals that they're, they're keeping track of these experiences and, and their, their families are being terrorized. And it's almost kind of one of those things where it's like, I'm not the kind of person to back down. I'm not the kind of person who's going to just take it in the shorts and walk away. You know, you slap me in the face where it's on. You're, you're getting planted in the ground. So, you know, but, and I come out here with a very healthy respect for the ranch because again, it's fascinating to me. I've, I've experienced things. I've been injured. I, I, I've seen other people be injured and it's something like, if that's affecting us here, why not other places? And if we can come up or with something that might be able to help explain why people are having issues, I I, I want to be a part of that. Uh, you know, I want to help people. I, that's again, I'm in law enforcement. I was in the military. That's kind of once it's in your blood, it's in your blood. Wow, absolutely fascinating, Caleb. We've run out of time. Can you tell the viewers where they can find you, support you, follow you, contact you? Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all under Caleb Bench. Um, our website, I highly suggest go be a part of it. Skinwalker Ranch, uh, skinwalker-ranch.com. We have a live feed there. We're interacting with people all all the time. Uh, it's we've we've had crazy things happen where the insiders there are seeing it live and experiencing it, uh, and they're they're helping with the investigation. It's been really exciting. I'm I'm really excited about it. So go be a part of the investigation. Come see for yourself what what's going on out here. Wow, huge thank you for coming on, Caleb. Wish you all the best. Thank you for having me. Can't wait to see what happens next over there. Cheers, my friend. Take care. Have a good day. Thank you. you. Bye-bye. Carl Crusher, how you doing, Carl? Hey, what's up? It's good to to hear and see you. Where are you uh, talking to us from? I'm in uh, southern Utah, actually, down here on the border of Arizona and Nevada, kind of uh, right down uh two hours from area 51 and two hours from the grand canyon kind of right in the middle of a lot of cool stuff 
Man, that's cool. That that feels really exotic to me because I'm just used to growing up in all these cities in in the cold UK and sort of Utah's very exotic place. Um, but more interestingly, your work revolves around finding and exploring ancient petroglyph sites. Is that is that due to where you are? Are there those? Well, firstly, what are petroglyph sites? And then secondly, are there, are there, is is that sort of around where you are? Yeah, so petroglyphs are like when you see a lot of the carvings on the TV show, the ancient aliens, where they depict like the ancient uh, carvings that have humanoid like figures that almost seem anthropomorphic and maybe alien or from another culture or out of place. Um, a lot of people get confused about the difference between petroglyphs, pictographs and hieroglyphs, where hieroglyphs are what you typically see over in Egypt. And it's like a a form of language with written symbols and it's uh, put into a form that you can actually read and, and write and has specific meaning. Whereas petroglyphs are like carved into rocks and they're more just like glyphs or symbols that have uh, almost like a graffiti tag, but they're more much more sophisticated and connected over a vast network of, uh, of uh, village community and, and tribe, uh, depending on the culture. So, and uh, pictographs are the same thing, but they're painted on with like a dye or some some sort of a paint, a pigment that they'll put on the rock instead of actually carving it in. So I study all of those and try to go find them. And I kind of happened onto it because I, I realized I, w I wanted to get out in my area and hike and explore a lot more. And I was watching online and saw, uh, yeah, that all these uh, carvings, petroglyphs and pictographs and everything were surrounding me all over the place for miles and miles. And so I just got into it. And when I started going and exploring these spots, I realized that what they put on the brochure and what they put online versus what you find when you go and start looking around is much different. And what I was rarely finding was uh, depictions of normal everyday life. Most of these petroglyph sites were full of really mysterious carvings that seemed to tell a story or have hmm. clues that pointed to something. And that got me really hooked in the mystery. And so I started going and meditating in these places and trying to connect with them like spiritually and also taking like paranormal and scientific gear and trying to see if ancient shaman were connecting with these locations as well in some way or if there was something to that. And one thing led to another. And now I'm kind of doing uh, collaborative work research throughout the state and even with Skinwalker Ranch because of all of it. That's cool. So these um, petroglyphs, so they're pretty remarkable, even if you don't take into account any paranormal ramifications, because I mean, how far back are we talking about? Well, I mean, some of them, it's really hard to tell. I've seen some that actually depict carvings of figures that are throwing spears at woolly mammoths. So they could be very old paleo they could be 15 to 18,000 years old it's really hard to tell um some a lot of the ones that i research and study around are more like in the range of a thousand uh to 1300 years ago and uh so it just depends there's layers and layers of culture and then you have invading cultures that come into the region like uh different people like the Aztec or the Spanish came in and they had different motives and intentions in the region, why they came in there. And they also carved on. And then you even also have, you know, Wild West carvings from pioneers and cowboys and stuff coming in that uh, also found the same spots and carved on these locations a lot as well. So you have to kind of sift through the different layers of culture and the people who uh, came into the area and what they were doing there and try to figure it all out. Here's the big question that people, I think, want to hear the answer to. I mean, what what does this mean for us? Is that do they suggest there there was back in the day some sort of alien paranormal life, or just that these people had imaginations like we have? Yeah, that's kind of the puzzle, the big mystery, and I think we're still kind of doing it at a different level today in the same kind of way, where on the the one hand, back in ancient times, you have people that were just approaching mother nature in its raw form. And maybe they were using substances or different types of spiritual ceremonies or rituals that were connecting them to reality. And what we would, the terms that we would use today and like what they use at the Stanford Research Institute is like altered states of consciousness. 
And now, you know, we have all these programs in the government and we did where they use like remote viewing and out of body travel and meditation approaches and methods to try and research reality and understand reality. They used it in the Cold War a lot to spy on the Russians and different things. But uh, all of that bleeds into the phenomenon, the strangeness of it as well is like this aspect of human consciousness. And so my big question was, were these ancient people in these locations and their shaman in their rituals, were they somehow tapping into something in the geology or like the ley lines or the energetic frequencies of these certain canyons or, or locations? Because a lot of them vibrate or have a lot of echo, echoes to them, uh, uh, sound and frequencies to them. So were they using these natural locations to have these sort of out-of-body experiences or do remote viewing or amplify their own human potential and consciousness or maybe even tap into other dimensions or entities or beings and we see the same kind of thing coming full circle where you see experiments with like Stephen Greer's CE5 and you have the uh, Monroe Institute doing the gateway experience where a lot of this has to do with trying to contact the phenomenon or other dimensions of reality or peer into them using human awareness and consciousness rather than just uh, scientific equipment. So it's kind of like combining all of it together. So the question is, were ancient people doing that? And did they make contact or open up something? Or did they exist in a different time where things were amplified? And now we're, we've lost that and we're trying to rediscover it again. Oh, it's a fascinating thought, isn't it? And and among the other things that I know you look have been looking into, Definitely. um, we we've had like oh, have I lost you? I lost you for a sec. Oh, you're, you're back. It might have been me that got lost. We've had um, I don't know. We've spoken about different paranormal types of things before. And we're going to get on to Skinwalker Ranch, of course, but myths of giants. Um, just because I've done I've sort of done Bigfoot and UFOs, I'm interested in giants because giants, you would think, would see them. So what's the what's the deal with giants? Yeah, that's a really interesting one. I'm trying to stay open-minded to all of it because it seems kind of inseparable to all of it. When you go to these locations or delve into the research, depending on what culture you're talking about, they kind of do the carvings or the pictographs or whatever, and they relate the oral tradition as like uh, ant people. And sometimes they call them star people or they call them the sky gods or different things. There's different names, but it's common thread through all of it and you kind of wonder if it is all connected and some of it uh, is same with the phenomena of the giants this mythos that there was a time and a place where there was these giant beings with sort of supernatural abilities that lived alongside of humans and then there was kind of a, a disaster that wiped most of them out and a lot of people too and then there was like some scraps between different pockets of them and then the the residue remains so uh the oral tradition is is that a lot of them dwelt around in this area there's a place in nevada called lovelock cave where supposedly some giants were hunted down by native americans and trapped in a cave and burned in there and then over in fredonia uh just east of me towards the grand canyon over there by Kanab. There's stories of the early settlers in the early 1900s encountering living giants up in the canyons near the Grand Canyon and stuff when they were prospecting for mining spots and had encounters with them. So I don't know. You don't know how much of it's true or not, but uh, part of it's really interesting when you go up and start looking around and you see some of these ancient mine structures and cave systems. And that's what a lot what we've been doing up in the Uinta Basin around Skinwalker Ranch is going to a lot of these spots where these ancient caves and mines and things actually are that date back thousands and thousands of years into kind of this mysterious lost time. And there's petroglyphs and pictographs all over the place that point to it. And so we're kind of going into those places and looking and seeing how it's all connected and what's true and what's not trying to figure it out. Wow, it is fascinating. I suppose, I mean, do you ever, do you give much weight to the to the idea that maybe over the millennia or centuries these are stories about i don't know maybe even because there was a time wasn't there when there were neanderthals uh living at the same time as us and i think there were several other types of sapiens which just in itself is just mind-blowing and maybe some of those stories have come back 
you know, to, to today, to today and now it's sold giants and stuff like that. Because what you were saying sounded pretty similar to, to that scientific concept, right? Yeah, when you think about it, even like the like the Zuni people or the the Pueblo, like I've talked to local Native Americans and they're like, yeah, my my great grandma, she was only like four foot three or something. And so you wonder, like, if another culture came over, like the Phoenicians or the Vikings mm. or something and the and the waterways were different or water levels were higher and they were able to come right up the Grand Canyon up into Lake Powell or clear up into the Uinta Basin and where now they're just dry salt flats that could have been like ocean fjords and they were paddling up in there and having all kinds of interactions. So what they recount as giants could have just been another culture that was vastly different that they ran into. Who knows? But I, what's interesting is the, the again, the, the carvings and the, and the stories, they don't seem to relate normal interaction they seem to account supernatural depictions there's even you know entities with big horns and clawed hands and then spiral portals and there's even spirals that i've seen with people and even animals falling out of the spirals upside down like they're dropped from the sky and weird stuff and again they don't put that on the brochure or the website they just put like a picture of an antelope or something <laughs> Until you go up there and look yourself, you would never see it, you know. It's interesting. We've got a, a good, nice comment from Short Order Cook saying, what an interesting thing to spend your life exploring. Wonderful. I think so as well. It sounds like a fantastic job to have to be looking into all of this stuff and, and expanding the human mind and whatever. Um, <laughs> but but what about, what about? I mean, is your work all based on on the historic stuff and petroglyphs? And, or, or do you give much, do you, do you believe much in the stuff, you know, nowadays stuff reportings and things i mean you, i know bigfoot sightings is one of the things you've been looking into for example yeah well, part of what got me into it was i like several years ago like eight years ago i got invited as a full-time youtuber and independent filmmaker to go help film behind the scenes for a documentary about bigfoot there was a guy in california that claimed that he shot one up in the mountains and i got asked to go help film uh some of the footage for that and the first night up there had like a really bizarre encounter at night when everybody was asleep. Uh, and I was up by the campfire with one other guy. And at the time I related it like, man, it was like straight up a Bigfoot encounter. There we were up on the mountain, you know, but really it was very supernatural, like a big shadow figure, almost like you would like you hear my friend Chris Bartell. He was a, a security guy at Skinwalker Ranch for uh, many years during the Bigelow era. And it sounds like, you know, some of his stories and other ones that I've heard more than an actual like Bigfoot encounter. So I don't know if I just like overlaid it in my mind and made it a Bigfoot encounter the way it all happened, because I didn't really yeah. see like a giant ape in the woods, you know, but I did yeah. see a giant shadow thing move up at me through the trees that was very big and tall and scary. And then saw like a, a ball of light that came up out of the trees and floated overhead and disappeared and and that kind of unraveled my whole sense of reality. I was trying to figure out what the hell that was for the longest time. Uh, it was so strange and bizarre. And then finally, when I got to a place where I was like, you know, I think I could just pursue this full time and really try to figure it out. I wanted to understand my own, my own self, my own sense of awareness and perception and the blind spots with that. So I really got into different aspects of meditation and human awareness and consciousness because you know this aspect of the the trickster element or your own awareness being fooled or something like that i wanted to know be very grounded in my own perceptions and everything going into it so from that aspect and then also you know getting the right equipment and surrounding myself with the right friends and team and then uh, i just started getting into it so yeah it's turned into a really good really good career. I say that, but sometimes it's not so fun when you're sitting in a spot by yourself in the dark or whatever, and things start happening. You're like, okay, maybe I got more than I bargained for, but yeah, so far so good. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's, I mean, it's a, it does sound like you're healthily skeptical. I would, I would say, cause you, you say, oh, you know, it could be down to uh, some sort of perception or whatever. And you've become, you've become more uh, you're trying to become more attuned with, I guess, what might be real and what and what isn't. Uh, 
But but is there anything where you really are like, no, that was a hundred percent? No, I don't think I've been that convinced yet. I think I've, you know, I've, oh, that's a very, very good question. <laughs> I think in the moment, I've definitely had things that according to my awareness and perception, they were uh, very vivid. A very like a, a real sort of experience and encounter, but you're, it's always left with a sense of confusion and second guessing and wondering if somebody was messing with you. And, and, and that's kind of what I think a lot of people struggle with after they have an encounter with the phenomenon, because it's, you're trying to understand something that uh, is hard to wrap your head around because it's different than you're expecting. You know, a lot of my what I would call supernatural type experiences, I would say are tied to my uh, exploration of human consciousness through meditation. And then when I go to these locations and I practice that there in some of these locations, and I think that's what they call like the hitchhiker phenomenon. It's like something follows you home. It's almost like you're trespassing on something else's territory and then it so it comes to check you out back at home. And so I've definitely had stuff like that happen. But this is where it's strange because, you know, I go to the site. I have a, an experience at the site where there's like maybe missing time, like three, four hours where I can't really, where I'm like, but I'm not sure. Did I fall asleep? Was it just a deep meditation? But then I'm very sick. I'm like throwing up by the time I get back to the truck. And then the dreams that I have all night are very bizarre. The smoke alarms in my house start going off. I start having, you know, almost like there's a, like a poltergeist in my house or something, things moving around and seem out of place. But the whole time, like, how do I say that's a hundred percent real? How do I say what level of that is, is just going to these places does it amplify our own human potential or our own human connection with our environment? And is it just making me come back home and I'm creating all these effects around myself and I'm thinking that it's like an entity following me when it's not. So I'm very skeptical in that sense, you know, um, I'm curious, very curious about what it is. So even when there is seems to be things that are happening that are real, I'm still very curious and skeptical about, what is the source of it, what's causing it, and, you know, how real the phenomena is, and, and all of that. So it's a big mystery and very curious about it all. Mm. I've been, apparently been getting some issues with my camera. Did you see any, Carl, on your side with my camera? I haven't seen any. Is mine look a little blurry and stuff? No, but apparently, no, no, apparently mine was, apparently mine went off and glitched on the actual YouTube channel, but I don't think it did in the studio, did it? So that's yeah. a good thing. Don't know why that happened. Maybe aliens trying right, to Right, when we're talking about us. having electrical stuff follow home, right? <laughs> yeah, that's really weird. Honestly, I've just seen, Ash, Ash sent me a little uh, screenshot of what it looked like, and it is all completely glitched up. Um, wow. And it does sound like there's some sort some, someone's trying to get me. I've shape shifted, as Ash has just said to me. Um, we've got a comment. Let me know in the comments if that is happening again, and maybe I'll have to refresh at some point or something. Um, Anexus Ame asks about uh, can, Carl, can Carl describe what portals are in these mysterious places? And I wonder if that takes us on to Skinwalker Ranch, because I know there are supposed to be portals there. So maybe you could give us a, a little rundown, because we are going to be talking about Skinwalker Ranch later as well, which is why I wanted to ask you about your other expertise and experience. But a little rundown of what Skinwalker Ranch is, and, and then get on to the portals. Yeah. So portals, I think this is interesting. When people think of a portal, they immediately think of like Stargate, or they think of like, mm -hmm portal from a video game yeah rick and morty like a video game some window energetic window sort of opening up kind of what i the way that i like to to think about it and what i what seems to be occurring the way that i describe it more instead of thinking of it like a portal appearing within our reality imagine it more like accessing information from or, or awareness from what is normally in your blind spot does that make sense so like mm -hmm. we normally can only perceive the colors of the rainbow and everything that we see in our visual spectrum falls within that reality within the ultraviolet to the infrared and then everything 
outside of that falls into a total blind spot and we just can't see it. You know, but there are other animals within the animal kingdom and insects and things that can perceive into the infrared and into those other spectrums and other dimensions of reality. If you think about it, different yeah. frequencies of awareness or existence. And so imagine if you go into a certain location that has an anomaly, either geologically or uh, something is there maybe underground or is is there's a ley line or an amplification or something like that that we don't understand or a person has a natural ability uh, and you like that is amplified themselves like they're able to change their radio signal and you go into these locations and and suddenly you become aware or you perceive or get a glimpse into what is normally in your blind spot so something that would be invisible to you normally or be, go typically unperceived by you, suddenly there's a glitch and now you can see it or you can, there's a, a wrinkle in reality that allows you to glimpse into this other space or our cousins next door, so to speak, in this other parallel dimension or spectrum of reality that we normally don't perceive. So when I think when people perceive what they're calling a portal, that comes with a lot of misunderstandings with the terminology where really it might just be more like um, a threshold where two places are or like an event horizon where two places are merging together and a window opens or maybe even your mind is opening to perceive something that really is there that normally you would not see just like it. And so then the trick is, is how do you pair that up with technology to also capture uh, alongside when you're perceiving it within your consciousness and awareness so that it's not just a, a hallucination perceived by the individual. How do you capture that scientifically? And that's a lot what's going on now is how do you match up the uh, psychological phenomenon or the psychic phenomenon as it occurs within the person's awareness and match that with scientific equipment that can capture the data on the right frequency and then you start to narrow in on what exactly this is and where it's coming from and where it exists man it's fascinating and, let, oh, and i'm going to ask you more about skinwalker ranch now but dr cranky flaps no i don't wear eyeliner but i did when i was about 18 because i thought i wanted to be like the guy from green day or the killers um i've been <laughs> asked that before sorry I, just, I saw that as one of the questions but yeah tell us um do you wear eyeliner carl no i don't no, i have before when I, i've done some like stage play acting and different <laughs> film stuff but no not not normally yeah there's some people who's oh the guy from goodfellas ray liotta who died recently i always thought he must wear a lot of eyeliner but i'm not yeah sure. <laughs> um but yeah uh tell us tell us what skinwalker ranch is just for for those people who've been living under a rock for the last few decades or whatever Skinwalker Ranch is a really fascinating location in northeastern Utah in a place called the Uinta Basin, where for several decades there was actual uh, United States government funded research into UFOs and the paranormal. And a lot of that was done through different shell programs. Uh, Bob Bigelow was one of the main owners of the ranch during that time. And basically the reports that come out of there are everything from, like we talked about from portals opening and seeing things coming in and out of them to UFOs, to lights in the sky, to uh, orbs and stuff. But the, uh, the main theme that seems to come through most is a lot of paranormal Native American themed encounters that have to do with like wolves, werewolves, shape-shifting creatures and animals, and then like sort of Native American oral tradition stuff. Like, uh, so it almost feels like there's like a weird time travel glitch there where the past and the future kind of bleed together into the now. Wow. If that makes sense. Yeah. Very strange. I like that. I, I'm, I'm not personally, I'm not one for sort of 
and I suppose everyone's this way. A lot of people are this way. I, I don't like the paranormal when it's just like, oh, well, it's a ghost and that's that. But I quite like when it could be explained by science or, you know, Interstellar is my favorite movie ever. So when it can be like, oh, well, what's really happening is, and whether that's still true or not, who, you know, I don't, I'm not here to judge, so to speak. But I do like that stuff of like, oh, it's all melded uh, together. I mean, how do you do you believe in the Skinwalker Ranch stuff? Have you have you seen much of that stuff or much evidence your, yourself? I think it's a little bit difficult to separate the previous era and the research and their approach to it over uh, those decades versus kind of what's going on with the current uh, group right now. I work collaboratively with the current team and talk with uh, Brandon Fugel and stuff to do a lot of side projects around Skinwalker Ranch and in the basin uh, and with the team that way. And they're all friends of mine as well. Uh, the previous era was very much, uh, it's, it's, let me put it this way. It's the difference between doing a, having a collaborative team of people who want to be there and everybody kind of is on board and knows what the objective of the research is. And the previous era was more like doing a lot of stuff and the people that were there had no idea that they were kind of guinea pigs. And so they were sort of human biosensors <laughs> Uh, walking around patrolling and doing experiments within the homesteads and stuff. And I have no idea. There's so much confusion from back then about what's true and what's not from who wrote the reports and why and whether they were just trying to make their boss happy or not. But at the end of the day, when you sift through all of that, there is something very strange going on. There is like a gravitational anomaly that's going on above the ranch that seems to be connected to something below and whether that's oh. an artificial or a planted thing or whether it has to do with the strange geology there uh that's a part of the big question that we're still trying to figure out what is it what does a skin walker look like or is it just that's the name of the place and there's all different kinds of spiritual things going on there yeah the skinwalker that comes from the oral tradition of what happened among the Native Americans there in the more recent history compared to like a lot of the ancient history where one of the tribes came in and basically enslaved the other tribe and uh, slaughtered a lot of them. In fact, they gathered them up and murdered a lot of them right there at the base of the Mesa where Skinwalker Ranch is. And so that's why there's a lot of that kind of bad energy there is that the, the land was sort of taken the people were enslaved. And so when they finally were set free, there was like a curse placed upon the land where the ghost of the skinwalker was like this shape-shifting entity that could change from like a deer to a wolf to an owl to uh, basically like a, almost a demonic type figure in order to scare anyone with bad intentions off of the property or to anybody who is living untrue it sort of like uh refines your life or is like will scare you away type of like a guardian to the land and so that's kind of where the name of the skinwalker comes from and why i think when a lot of people have sort of a strange occurrence there it, it gets chalked up to that being some kind of like a uh a werewolf skinwalker type thing where a lot of times it might not be but that's the folklore did you have um, a, a, a sort of ex a paranormal experience there? The first time that I went, I actually saw a weird shadow shape and had a lot of cognitive confusion, meaning like I was looking through my backpack, trying to find my night vision camera and trying to find my flashlights and stuff. And it was like I couldn't find my equipment. It was like I was confused and couldn't think straight. And right when that was going on, I saw like a weird looking i thought it was like a cow moving along the fence and then when i tried to walk up towards it there was just like nothing there because it moved along the fence and then it was like it crouched down really quick like something squatted down right in front of me and then uh when i walked up there there was nothing there and then for like three days after that i had really kind of intense sort of invasive feeling nightmares and dreams where it was like uh I don't know how to describe it. Very, very restless, like um, almost like somebody's kind of prodding you all night and you can't quite fall into deep sleep because something's sort of harassing you in the back of your mind. It felt like that for like three days and I couldn't quite put a finger on it. 
and then I, I felt fine. But other than that, I've just, you know, had a lot of uh, normal stuff going on in my life and things change. I went through a divorce after all that too, and <laughs> sold my house and moved. So I don't know how much of that is all connected, but you hear a lot of stories like that where people go there and then their life kind of uh, any kind of lies that they're living, man, you start facing the truth real quick. Well, that's really interesting. Carl, we're running out of time. You've been a brilliant guest. Quickly tell us, I mean, they can go to your YouTube channel, but tell them where they want you to go. <laughs> yeah, just go to YouTube and type in Carl the Crusher. I've been doing YouTube since 2009, but basically over the last year doing a lot of this, the petroglyph stuff. And really recently, the videos that I'm posting now is actually from when I went up with the Skinwalker Ranch team and Chris Bartell and James Keenan. And we did a lot of cave exploring and went into some sinkholes and cool stuff. So that's what I've been doing mostly there. And then my podcast channel is Carl Vibe. You can go look that one up too. So just type those in and you'll find me all over the place. Oh, thank you, Carl. Have a lovely evening. Thanks so much for joining us. It was brilliant. And uh, have, yeah, have a good night. It was my pleasure. Thanks so much. Thank you.